It is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. You are sipping your cup of joe out in the darkness of Hawaii. This is probably my favorite thing of your trip is the fact that I get to watch the sunrise in Hawaii right with you. Yeah, I feel bad that I'm facing like the opposite way of like what you want to be seeing. I have a great view. I guess you you like looking at me, right? This is not no. bad to wake up to. Average. It's average. I know. You know, it's funny. Like I'm out here. I'm trying to get this golden skin right now. And every picture I take, my hair is all over the place. I'm, I've, I'm not happy with the pics I've been taking out here. And that's like half the trip, right? Yeah. I mean, you're with your family and your kids. So I would hope that you would focus more on them and your beautiful wife instead of how you look. But that's uh, that's pretty vain, but that's kind of uh, on brand, as we like to say around here, which is perfectly fine. Uh, special shout out to those of you that are joining us on the AMP app. Uh, if you're just jo- joining us here on our YouTube channel or our regular podcast format, thank you as well. And if you have an iPhone, go download the AMP app. We are live every day, Monday through Friday, 1130 Eastern. The cool thing is yesterday we interacted with a bunch of callers and we will certainly get to you guys. So we want you to stand by and just uh, hang with us, ask questions. If you got comments about all the stupid stuff that flows out of our mouth, feel free. But we're going to get it going with the game that ended last last night on the West Coast. The Dodgers take care of the world champion Braves in the first of a three game set. We talked about it yesterday. We wondered out loud how big would it be that Freddie Freeman was going against his old team, but in Los Angeles and not Atlanta. It ended up being even bigger than I anticipated, in part because Freddie Freeman finally goes deep for the first time as a Dodger, and it came in his first at bat against his former team. It was one of those wow moments, Bloofy. It it really was. And, you know, after the game, I started watching clips, you know, what he was was talking about pregame, how he was feeling. I I saw videos of, like, him hanging with Dansby, him him hanging with Ozzy, and, like, he was really getting emotional pregame. You know, like he really cares about, you know, Atlanta and, and Braves Nation and, you know, all the fans there. You know, then he comes up in his first at bat. Husker, you know, throws up that 1-0 heater and see you later. Like an unbelievable swing. Uh, that's what Atlanta has been privy to for a long time. L.A. getting to see it now. Um, it just was it was a Freddie Freeman moment. That's what freaking legends do. See Rose. Yeah, it was special. No question. Um, it was a little Hollywood scriptish, I would even say. Uh, he joked afterward, did Freeman about Trey Turner coming up and saying, Hey, it was nice of you to kind of wait, you know, nine games before hitting your first Dodger home run so you could do it against your boys, which was kind of cool. Um, I, I want to go back to a pregame interview that he had where he once again got very emotional. Uh, he has been taking a little bit of a beating, um, in the press based on what Ronald Acuna has said, based on some of the contract issues that took place between he and the Braves and didn't paint Freddie in the best light, I would say. And obviously that has been weighing in on him. Uh, I want you to give a listen to this. I'm just looking forward to seeing them again in two months. I really am. You know, I'm in, I know people are going to say some harsh things for me, you know, but I'm looking forward to seeing him again and playing in front of him again because that's one of my favorite places on earth. So, I love Braves country and always will. It was uh, it was tough. He was tearing up in that whole thing. Um, 
I appreciated just as a fan and also somebody that's worked in media for 30 years that he made himself so accessible and has made himself vulnerable during this time. Uh, because I think we just tend to see guys that put on a new uniform and maybe it's about money and maybe it's about moving home and maybe it's about this and maybe it's about that. Maybe it can just be about a relationship that was really good for over a decade in Atlanta. They went a different direction. He went a different direction. And instead of us trying to pick sides, maybe we can just all be appreciative of the fact that it ended on a real high note and both teams seem to be in good places right now. Exactly. You know, and it's, this is the personal aspect of, you know, major league baseball, like Freddie really established a connection with that city. You know, uh, you know, he grew a family there. Like he grew up there. Like he became a man, you know, essentially in the Braves organization. So like it definitely holds a special place in his heart. And yeah, there are going to be some fans when he departs, when he departed that are going to say things, but you know, that's just because they love him so much. I expect when they, when they go to Atlanta, he is going to get a King's welcome. He yep. is going to get a standing ovation at last, you know, 60 seconds. Like it, it's going to be really, really cool to see. And man, if he was, if he was tearing up with a little pregame interview at Chavez Ravine, I can how emotional he's going to get when he steps out onto the field in Atlanta. So, you know, Freddie's a good guy and you're right, dude, the Dodgers are doing well. The Braves are doing well. This is the most amicable breakup that's ever happened. Like this is just, well, I'm it happy be. to see it. It, it should really be. Am. And by the way, uh, part of the reason, even though Atlanta has not gotten off to the start at once team-wise, uh, Matt Olson has been nothing short of sensational. They're going to be just fine with him for the next eight years. Uh, don't you dare call him Freddie Freeman light. He is Freddie Freeman younger version. Wow. That's exactly what he is. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Other... See Rose. Yeah. So Jake always says he let Matt Olson date his daughter. And yesterday he actually went further than that on our show. Mm-hmm. Who, if you had a daughter, you don't, who would you pick Freddie or Matt Olson? Well, neither because they're both married. I don't want some married dude. Dating it's a daughter. hypothetical. So, oh, right, hypothetical. right, right. Okay. Um, I think that um, I think I would probably go Matt Olson. There's a little bit of that Southern gentleman in him. Uh, let's remember. Oh, hold on. Slow your roll, brother. Um, I'm not here to stereotype, but let's remember that Freddie Freeman is from Southern California. I don't trust Southern California dudes as much as I do Southern gentlemen. Man, you got to get in the clubhouse. Those Southern, Southern be nasty. Let's move on. Let's move on. Although I do also want to give a special <laughs> shout out to things. We saw little Charlie Freeman run over, hug Dansby Swanson. I love that moment. I also love the fact that the Dodgers did welcome back Kenley Jansen. They played California love and all that. There was a nice picture before the game. It's fine. That's fine. I can live with that even, although I would like to see him get a save opportunity at some point over the next two games. Speaking of, let's move on to our next question. More interesting pitching matchup on Tuesday night. Freed versus Bueller in game two of the Braves Dodgers series or game two of a Tuesday doubleheader between the Giants and Mets, Logan Webb against Max Scherzer. How am I supposed to pick between those two games? Because this is one of those questions. This is one of those questions that you get mad at me because I want to see both of these games. But I'm going to say this: look, as much as I love Freed and Bueller, like these are like some of my guys. Like I want to watch these guys pitch at all time. I am absolutely infatuated with Logan Webb mm-hmm. and what the Giants are doing. I mean, 
Giants and Mets, you know, both these games are amazing between four crazy good teams, but I'm, I'm more interested to see Logan Webb going up against Scherzer because I know, I know for a fact that Logan Webb has looked at Scherzer and said, that guy's amazing. I want to be like that guy. Maybe I don't want to pitch like him, but I want to have the success that he's had. I want the mentality. I want to be a leader like him. And I think it's really cool when guys go up against guys who they, you know, want as a mentor or like have learned from. And like I said, I guarantee Logan Webb has looked at Scherzer and said, I want to be like that guy. So I'm picking that one, but both these games, amazing. Yeah, it's always nice. We just saw Hunter Green come home uh, on Saturday and pitch in Los Angeles. Same thing for Max Fried, who admits that it's a big deal for him. I just saw him in San Diego and, and you know, chatted him up a little bit over the weekend. Um, but there's no question. I would hop on a plane right now in order to get um, out to City Field in time to go watch that. I love watching Scherzer. My man, Kevin Millar, used to say that it looked like he was carrying luggage around, you know, because he's always like, pumping up his shoulders and all that sort of stuff. And Logan Webb has a little bit, and dare I say, even a lot of the fuck you that Max Scherzer has got in him yeah. to be an elite pitcher. And you're right. They have different styles. Their repertoire is a little different, but they're, I can see them running on parallel tracks when it comes to the mentality of the game. Yeah, and you know what? I also like to see young guys go into New York. It's different. I mean, like, it's it just is. Like whether you're going to play the Mets or you're going to play the Yankees, that big city is is there's nothing like it in any other place that you travel to. So it's like the energy's there. I want to see how he handles that. I'm sure he'll be just fine. We've seen him in pressure spots before, and I can't believe I'm, I'm like more curious to see Logan Webb. Maybe I've just seen Scherzer so much that yep. uh, you know. It's a little bit of a fatigue, but Ben Scherzer is still rocking and rolling. It's going to be a great matchup. And and a game two, the doubleheader, awesome. Baseball all day. Yeah. Um, my son, my youngest son, Brady, every time I mention the name Logan Webb, is going to say, why didn't you pick him as your preseason NL Cy Young Award winner? It was so obvious. It's like if you wanted to go a little different, you should have gone Logan Webb. Like you didn't have to go Jacob DeGrom. You didn't have to go Max Scherzer. You didn't have to go Max Freed even. You, did, you should have gone Logan Webb. Who'd you pick? And he's right. Aaron Nola. I love Nola. But I yeah. do too. Good pitcher. Mm, I, I think I I want Urias, I believe, and T's got off to a tough start. But it's okay. Long season ahead. But Logan Webb, yeah, probably weekend. a pretty good pick. All right. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, back in the lineup after missing a handful of games because of a COVID issue. Blast two homers as the Astros win their home opener against Shohei and the Angels. In your opinion, they're not off to a great start. I think they're 6-4 and four through 10 games. Do we take the Astros for granted in the baseball world? And if so, why? I don't take the Astros for granted. I've been ringing that bell for a long time. I mean, this guy's been to five straight ALCSs. And then, you know, we talk about people leaving. We talk about Springer's left, Correa's left. They just keep bringing dudes up. Remember Jeremy Pena? We were talking about him. I said, you know, these guys are saying he could be a super. You kind of laughed at that because you, you said, what are they supposed to say? They want to pump this guy. And while I do agree with you, I mean, the guys played like a superstar so far. 186 OPS plus. Is that guy OPS? The guy's 24 years old. So, you know, yeah, Correa gone. This guy just moves into the shortstop position. And I know it's the beginning of the season. It's a long season. There's going to be ups and downs, but he looks like a guy that's just going to fill right in there. And then they already have 
everything else ready to go. I mean, JV's back pitching. As soon as they get McCullers back, look out. Jordan, who spent, what, like five days on the COVID IL, comes back, hits two homers. It's it, They're a juggernaut. There's no other way around it. Um, and until further notice, I mean, the AL goes through Houston. Bottom line. So, I, yeah, the question is, I guess I should have rephrased it because I know that you don't underestimate them, and I don't think I do either. But I do think that the baseball world in general does. And I don't know if that's still because they people might feel there's still a stink over the 2017 World Series championship. I don't know exactly what it is, but we tend to like, look how much we talk about the Yankees. Look how much we talk about the Mets. Look at how much we talk about the Dodgers. Uh, we talk a lot about the Blue Jays. We talk a lot about the Phillies. Like it, you have to go down the list quite a bit before you start talking about the Astros as much as we should. I guess you're right. You know, maybe it's the West Coast thing. I know the Dodgers get all the shine because they are in Hollywood, but maybe that has something to do with it. Like maybe that people don't see their games. That happens a lot. You know, the games start late and they end late. So you're not. They're in the central time zone. Um, That doesn't matter. They play. I mean, they play a lot of games on the West Coast. I'm just trying to figure out what, you know, baseball fans are missing. I don't know, dude. In, in my opinion, we talk about the Astros the correct way as a juggernaut of the freaking league. So maybe casual baseball fans, you know, still have, like you said, they still think about 2017. They don't want to give the credit. They think, oh, it's a cheating organization. These guys have done everything possible to get rid of 2017. And I remember when we talked, at least when I was talking about it back then, I said, it's going to be telling how – um, I think when did all that come out? 2000 after the 2019 season, it was two, uh, yeah. spring training 2020 so, ish. So we were talking about them at that point, And I said, it's going to be telling to see where these guys go from there. Like if these guys fall off the face of the earth, like, wow, they've done nothing of the sort. They've proved that they did not need to do that. Did they do it? Sure. They did. They proved that they don't need to do that. They've replenished. There's a, a bunch of guys who are not even part of that, and they just keep going, dude. So they've answered all the questions. I think they've handled it for the most part the right way. There's been a few bumps in the road, but the one thing they had to do was go out and play a ball and be good without this hovering over them, and they've done that, dude. Like, they have done that. This is just a straight-up team of ballers, Chris. Yeah, we'll be taking calls in just a few minutes. I'd love to hear somebody give us some thoughts as to why the Astros don't resonate with you. It might still be the cheating channel. It might be something else. But I can tell you this. They have lost over the last several years. George Springer, Garrett Cole, Marwin Gonzalez, now Zach Greinke, and Carlos Correa. That's a lot of talent to lose and not lose a step. It's pretty damn impressive. (laughs) Dude, think about who... Okay, they got rid of those guys, but you get Framber, you get Garcia to come up. Uh, and then on the offensive side, Kyle Tucker comes around, Jordan Alvarez comes around, Jeremy Pena comes around. This is crazy, dude. Yeah. Like the talent that they are just bringing up, up, up. We talk about talent factories like the Dodgers or, or maybe even the Giants now. Like this, this is the team we have to talk about. Maybe you're right. Maybe they are underrated. I don't know. Want to let everybody know that today's edition of Baseball Today is presented to you by our good friends over at Muggsy Jeans. And boy, have they come in handy for me, particularly lately. I love these jeans. They are the most damn comfortable jeans around. They stretch with you, okay? I don't exactly understand the whole science between behind making the jeans, but I'm a great consumer, and I 
love them, right? So if you're a little thicker than you want to be right now, I'll raise my hand. Or if you're in the perfect shape, they go with you either direction. So if you're a little under your normal weight, they don't look super baggy at all. And if you've expanded a little bit, they grow with you. And that's what it's all about, a growing relationship. So I want you to head on over to Mugsy.com. Use the promo code today. You're going to get 10% off your entire order. And let me tell you this. I love my blue jeans, but I wanted some variety there in my wardrobe. So I ordered the charcoal gray. If you cannot find a color of Mugsy jeans that fits your personality or the way you're feeling, then you should never shop. So go do this. You're going to find a great color. I guarantee it'll be a great fit. And you're going to love the price on top of it all. Once again, it is Mugsy.com. Code word is today. 10% off your entire order. You can even leave a comment on our YouTube channel and say, Rosie, thanks to you and Mugsy for hooking me up. All right. Uh, of course, the Milwaukee Brewers, your pick to win it all this year. Uh, Christian Yelich with his first bomb, and it is a grand slam, no less. He'll be the first one to tell you he's a guy that's got to have a bounce back season. Uh, which other big name player is most in need of a bounce back 2022? I mean, I don't know, Chris. This is kind of, of like cheating here because I think we talk about him a lot, but it, it's it's Bellinger. Like that's who I like comes to my mind right away. Uh, we talked a little bit about him and kind of like the adjustments he's trying to make, getting the barrel to the ball. Um, you know, I'd really like to see him get it going because I, I I know a couple guys who hang with him and and uh, they love him a lot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bellinger uh, just because. As soon as I read that question, that's who came to my mind. Who do you think? Well, first of all, I want to comment on Bellinger. He had three knocks that were like exit velo. Well, not, he, had a, he had a homer, a double, and an RBI ground out that were all like exit velo 97 or higher last night. So that means he's barreling it up pretty good. Actually, I don't think he needs to. The Dodgers will be just fine whether they get – the MVP Cody Bellinger from a couple of years ago, or the one that stunk up the joint a year ago. I still think they're going to be just fine for the most part. It's, it's added dessert to the meal. If they get the old Bellinger, I think that team will be fine. Uh, I'd like to focus on the team. We just talked about the Houston Astros. I don't think they get to where they want to get to, which would be a six straight ALCS unless Alex Bregman returns to form. So this guy was an extra base hitting machine. He finished fifth in the MVP voting in 2018. He was a runner up in 2019. He got at least 80 extra base hits in each of those seasons. Eight zero. That is a ton. Since that time, 2019, shortened 2020, injury plagued 2021. He has combined for 51 extra base hits. That's not good enough. He's a guy, he's already got his nine-figure deal. He wants to live up to it. Swaggy Bregman is the best Bregman there is. I think he's been knocked down a peg or two in part because of the cheating scandal. He was the guy who, along with Altuve, had to answer the questions. I think that it wasn't fair. I thought the organization left him out to dry. He was one of the real young guys on that team in 2017 who didn't have a say and certainly couldn't stop it. I'm not defending what happened or what didn't happen. All I'm saying is, is that you know this. When a young guy comes in the clubhouse, he can't exactly be like, yo, what are we doing here? And I think that wore on him for a little while. I would like to see him get back to being Swaggy Bregman. 
Yeah, he definitely got knocked down a peg. Um, and that's just because, look, I, I know we want guys to show their emotions in baseball, and we love it. He just got caught up in doing some things that – and that whole team was. I mean, they were winning a ton of ball games, and people were kind of loving it when they were looking in the camera and like they were kind of like the bad guy, but everyone loved them. Mm-hmm. It, and when things happen like this, it's going to come back to bite you, you know, like, and it has, and I think you're right. I think it has knocked him down a peg. Like, but again, I don't think he's fallen off as a player as much as just, yeah, there were some injuries that prevented him from playing enough games to put up the numbers. I think he, I think he's the kind of guy, like you just let him play and let him get 500, 600 plate appearances. The numbers are always going to be there. He might not have a thousand OPS, but like he's going to be up there in like the 800s, top 800s. Bregman's a hell of a player. I prefer the more like subdued Bregman where he's just kind of like a freaking baseball rat because that's what this guy is. Like, make no Mm -hmm. mistake about it. You know, I think he put off that persona that like he was like, you know, that swaggy dude. He wanted to do that. And sometimes that happens when you get to the big leagues. He's making money. He wants to do all this at his core. This dude lived in a batting cage. He lived to take on balls. He is a baseball rat. I want to see him do just get back to that and just go be a ball player, win the AL World Series again. Like that. This is what I want to see from Bregman. Okay. Uh, once again, we want to thank those of you that are joining us on the AMP app. It is day two of our partnership with Amazon. Very cool stuff. Uh, we'll get to your questions and your comments momentarily. So make sure you're standing by and get yourself in the queue so that we can uh, take your questions. That's all coming your way. But first, um, Boston Patriots Day game. They lost to the Minnesota Twins at the 11 a.m. Eastern Affair. And when they were down late in the game, I believe in the ninth inning, they started chanting, Kyrie sucks. Of course, the Celtics and Nets are emblazoned in a uh, very interesting first-round battle. Uh, Kyrie on Sunday lit up the Celtics Celtics won on a last second layup Kyrie was busy doing the Eli Manning double bird thing throughout the day and uh, obviously has no love loss with the team in the city that he used to call home in the NBA he said it's not against all Celtics fans but a few of them are out of line right now did you like the Red Sox fans chanting Kyrie sucks or was it just kind of a weak way to end a loss at Fenway I don't I don't like it because I'd imagine most of the people who are chanting Kyrie sucks had no, no idea why they were chanting Kyrie sucks. You know, I think the few people who started that chant, maybe they have something and they've seen the clips of him doing the double birds. But, you know, come on, man, like focus on the baseball game. I get it. Boston is a, is a great sports town and they're in tune to all of their sports, whether it's the Bruins, the Patriots, the Red Sox or the Celtics. They they. They love their sports there. So I get how they can cross and intermingle a little bit, especially with how much the media talks about the NBA and Kyrie Irving and all that stuff. This is a story because it gets clicks. Um, I, I don't like it. I don't really like it at all, to be honest with you. If I had to give my personal opinion, do what you want to do, Boston fans. But I mean, I wouldn't participate just because, I, like I said, 90% of those people that were doing the chant had no idea why they were doing the chant. Uh, I would disagree with you. I think that that Boston's a pretty in-tune sports town. I think they know exactly why they're doing it. Now, whether you think it's right or not, I'll have that discussion. Because Kyrie is one of those guys, he's one of those athletes that that will stoke his flames. 
It will fuel his fire. He's got rabbit ears. He hears everything. He's uh, a more talented Baker Mayfield, meaning he plays with a grudge and a chip on his shoulder all the time, except that he can take over a game. And there's not a lot of athletes that can do that. So I'm not so sure that come Wednesday night, it's the smartest thing, but it is a nice sidebar to the story because I think that I thought Kyrie's quote the other day after Sunday's game was right on point. And I'm not the biggest Kyrie fan. I love what he did for my Cavaliers and helping us hoist our first over first ever NBA championship trophy. I think he's off base on some of the stuff he says, uh, but I thought he was on base with this one. He's like, listen, I'm going to match their energy. So if they're going to come at me, I'm going to turn around and look them in the eye and I'm going to see what they're all about. And most of them aren't about that. And that's true. We as fans, we will say whatever we want. We will yell and scream. We'll hurl bad words out of our mouth. But the minute dude gets in our face and throws it back at us, all of a sudden we're like, sorry, I love you, Kyrie. You're really good. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I know that people at Fenway knew about the situation in the Delbirds. I'm saying they probably don't know why he gave the Delbirds, what was said to him. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. There's more, there's more, you know, substance to the story. That's kind of what I meant. Got it. Got it. All right. Uh, before we say goodbye to our YouTube and podcast audience for the day and continue on with our listeners and our callers on AMP, uh, what do you have uh, coming up on John Boy? Uh, we did the series. Recap yesterday for talking baseball. We're going to go record Wednesday's episode right after this. And it's a three topic episode. We each bring a topic. We talk about sports. It's just, it's a fun talking baseball episode. Um, so we'll have that. That'll come out tomorrow. Then again, you and I are doing this Monday through Friday. I'll be back home on Friday. I know the internet is not great here. So I appreciate everyone sticking with us. Um, but that's kind of what I got. What about you? Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation dropped yesterday with Lucas Giolito of the White Sox. Gives us a health update. Uh, we got a lot of comments about the Samuel L. Jackson pitchcom voice thing, uh, which turned out really well. Um, so go check that out. Uh, if you've got an extra 40, 45 minutes during a workout or something, you want to throw on the Rose Rotation on your podcast, or you just have time, you want to spin it up on YouTube, we greatly appreciate it as always. And a quick reminder, if you are joining us via YouTube or our podcast, Download the AMP app. It allows you uh, on your iPhone or wherever you have your Apple products to, to join the conversation. That'll be a big part of the show that we do each and every day, Monday through Friday, starting at 1130 a.m. Eastern for an hour. So we'll take your calls and that's the way it'll go.